it becomes a really interesting tool to to begin work negotiation. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get it to be my noon, you negotiate back with me. Yeah. You know, I could get it to you by three. Does that work? You know what? Three o'clock would work or no, I could, but two o'clock would work. So the conversations about the work, not, are you leaving early on Friday? That's an irrelevant question. I don't know if I'm leaving early because I don't know what you need. You are listening to the Align Remotely podcast, the show dedicated to helping you lead distributed teams under difficult circumstances. I'm the host, Luke Shermer, and I've participated in or run distributed teams for almost a decade. As a practitioner, I'm speaking with experts on leadership, strategic alignment, and remote work to help you navigate the issues you start facing after you get your working from home gear sorted. Welcome back. This episode, we dig into the practicalities of implementing a results-only work environment, what that might mean for things like status meetings, for things like project timelines, and specific things you could start trying to do before even necessarily going and engaging on a larger scale. That being said, there's a lot coming up, so let's just dig in. One of the things that I really liked in Why Managing Sucks, uh, great title, by the way, um, <laughs> was this idea of the, the gopher meeting. Not as a good thing, but as, a, as an example of, one, of what shouldn't happen. This is one of the things that certain managers may be used to in an in-office environment where you just poke your head up and yell at, at whoever to give you an answer about something. How have meetings changed as everything has moved online for your clients or and in your company and your experience? What does being in a results-only work environment give you in the context of meetings? So that's a great question. People are exhausted from all the meetings. Hmm. And they're talking about how, oh my goodness, I'm on Zoom meetings all day now. Yeah, more than before. Yeah. yeah. When they were in the office, they were at meeting, when meetings all day long too. All right. But it just, it felt different, but it's still the same activity. Mm. What's happening is because people need to fill their time and they're not clear about what they're supposed to be doing, they have a lot of meetings. And a meeting is just an activity. And if it's not the right activity for me to get my work done, then I'm wasting my time. So what happens with meetings in a results-only work environment is they are reduced by 50% or more Mm -hmm. because people ask themselves, what is the outcome of this meeting? And is this the right way to get the work done? And oh, by the way, who are the right people? What is their role? And how can they get prepared for this meeting so we can be efficient? Right now, people throw meetings on the calendar, and you don't even know what they're about. No. And so you waste your time. So we would ask people, of all the meetings you're in all week, how much of that time, what percentage of your time do you feel is wasted? And they tell us 30 to 90% of their time is wasted in, in unproductive meetings. So in the row mindset, when you own all of your time, and you're clear about the work and the measures of the work, you don't put a meeting on anybody's calendar that's going to waste their time Hmm. because time is a commodity too. You don't want to waste your own time and you don't want to waste other people's time. So the meeting 
becomes very clear. The meeting organizer sends out a meeting invite. And if the people think it might be a waste of their time, they say it is. I see you sent out this meeting. I see you want to talk about, you know, X, Y, Z in the project. How about if you go out on Microsoft meetings and see what we've done and, and let us know if you have any questions. So it's not just put meetings on calendars and show up or do reoccurring meetings every week. Mm-hmm. I need to know if my team's doing their job. I better do an hour staff meeting every week. <laughs> that just fills time. Yeah. It just fills time. So the meeting, the idea of meetings and the meeting culture is everywhere in the world. And it looks like work, Mm -hmm. but it really is wasting time. I went from having triple booked meetings all day on my calendar Mm -hmm. back in 2004 till today. I have about five in a whole week Mm -hmm. because people don't schedule meetings with me that aren't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to meetings like that. So yeah. when you have an entire culture of people wanting to really move work forward and not waste anybody's time, meetings start dropping off the calendar. The ones that everybody knows is just a waste of time. They just get rid of them. But that's when you're outside the matrix, Luke. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to solve it inside the matrix, it's going to c- continue to become what it's always been. It's just going to not move forward. It's what am I supposed to do with myself all day if I'm not in meetings? <laughs> yeah. One of the common uses of meetings is status, right? Knowing what's going on. How is that done? <laughs> I guess is the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what happens if, if it's not done? Status is interesting. When you're not sure about what the work is, you want a status about is anything happening because you're yeah. uncomfortable. But in a results-only work environment, A results coach would say to the employee, how would you like to keep me updated on your status? How would you like to keep me updated? One person might go, it's really helpful for me to hop on a 15-minute call with you or a Zoom as needed. Not every week, not twice a week. And the the results coach will go, okay, that sounds good. Another person might say, I have everything updated for you out in Microsoft Teams or whatever program you're using for collaboration. If you have any questions for me when you're reviewing that, let me know. Some people might say, I'll send you a one-page up status update sheet. Let me know if you have any questions after you get it. So it's, it's not defaulting to making every single person have a 30-minute one-on-one every week. Yeah. Waste, waste people's time. That's not what I need. Now I have to go into this meeting with my manager and try to figure out how to fill it. What should I talk about? What should I talk about? My manager's already clear about my work. I'm getting results. Everybody can see it. The team is working great together. Why am I wasting time in this status update? Mm-hmm. It's really, a, it's quite a brain shift mm-hmm. and a mind shift to be in an environment where you don't have to look busy or you don't have to play pretend games anymore. And you actually feel like an adult and the people around you all have your back. Mm-hmm. And you have theirs. And you're not competing for the wrong things. You're actually competing for the customer together. I just realized that I think a lot of the anxiety around the need for status updates <laughs> is around just really long time frames, long you know, deadlines much further ahead. If you estimate you'll be done in a year <laughs> and you've got a lot of people, you could even boil it down to a financial risk that the company is taking. Mm-hmm. How do you calm 
people down that work is happening. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a naff question, but, but it, you know, what, I, do you, what do you I think? think I think it's funny because we are under an illusion that people are working. That's why we're uncomfortable because we really don't know. We don't trust necessarily that if we put a year deadline out there that you're, we're really going to get there. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because the way the culture operates is we don't recognize people hitting deadlines when they're supposed to hit deadlines. What we do instead is we're constantly managing excuses for not performing. Mm-hmm. When an entire organization is results only work environment and they say to the team, when do you think we can deliver this product? When do you think we can deliver it? And the team says, December 14th. Mm-hmm. And the results coach goes, okay, so everybody agrees. That's when we can hit it. Yep, we can do it. Then it's backwards planning. So I know the date I have to hit. And now I look at all the activities that have to happen. And we all know as a team that anytime anybody misses something, then the deadline's at risk, the ultimate deadline. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're actually held accountable to the work. And so if we don't do our job that we said we were going to do, and we didn't tell anybody, and we just let the deadlines blow by, you don't fit in the team anymore. Because that's not the culture anymore. The culture isn't one of excuses. The culture is one of, we know what the date we have to hit. We know the pieces now that have to get done to get there. And if something's going to fall apart, we're talking to each other before it happens. Mm -hmm. We're not just saying, oh, I forgot to tell you, I had to take my dog to the vet. <laughs> that just doesn't yeah. fly in a results-only work environment, but people are happier because they feel like they're accomplishing something. And they feel, again, like people have their back and, and everybody's communicating about the work. And so things get done like they're supposed to. Yeah. <sighs> the manager is in the same culture and in the same mindset. There's a different trust that feels, yep. They start trusting their team because they see the team is competent. They're hitting deadlines. They're not coming back with excuses. If a deadline is going to be missed, somebody is going to that results coach and saying, you know what, we've got a risk on a deadline, but here's how we're going to handle it. They don't all just throw up their hands and say, oh, we didn't make it. It's hard to imagine a culture like this. Maybe this will sound like difficult for it to work here with software because everything is always only done once. By definition, you can estimate, but you're always going to be uncertain of the estimate and therefore the agreed deadline, because you might realize there's actually a much easier way of doing something as you're doing it, or you realize there's this huge other thing that you just didn't know about when you started, Mm -hmm. which you discover, and then... Is the result hitting the deadline? The ultimate result is the customer getting what Mm -hmm. they need. There's always going to be contingency plans, right? If something Mm -hmm. comes in that you didn't see, there's always something that can happen. Yeah. But in a results-only work environment, the team quickly rallies around figuring out what to do. But they do it in terms of what did we we promise to the customer? Mm -hmm. Because we said December... 13th or whatever we said, and then then the delivery was supposed to happen the next week. How are we going to manage that? Are we going to have a customer disappoint? Is this whatever just came in that we didn't know was going to happen? 
how does that affect the whole timeline in the project? Can we still deliver when we said we were going to? So it's constant conversations about the work, Mm -hmm. keeping in mind what we promised. And that doesn't mean something doesn't happen that the deadline had to move out a week, but it's not because people made excuses for not hitting deadlines. It's something came from left field that we didn't expect. And so now we're meeting with the results coach and saying, here's what we think we can do. And here's what we decided to work on together to still hit that deadline. Do you see anything that we're not seeing? How does it sound to you? Are we still good? Yes, you are. Great. We're going to keep going. That's a great reframe in in terms of looking at it from the customer perspective. And I think that speaks to even more of the need for short-term projects, basically. Companies are causing their own problems by having really (laughs) long-term projects because then, yeah, it just makes it that much harder to hit deadlines Mm -hmm. because you can really know as you go, whereas if you have a whole bunch of shorter term goals that you either hit or you don't, then, then you, it's a lot easier to speak in terms of results. If you break down something longer into chunks hmm. and you've already backwards planned and that chunk needs to happen for the next chunk and the next chunk, what happens in big projects is the first chunk fell apart because people didn't hit their deadlines. So yeah. now we can't get to the second chunk and that's for people are still trying to do the first chunk and it just gets all messed up and you never get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. When everybody is held accountable to actually doing the work, hmm. then you get the first chunk done on time and within budget. Great. Move to the next chunk. Everybody understands they have to hit their deadlines. If they don't, if they don't think they're going to, they start talking to each other. We have a master in work and the master is the time clock. Mm-hmm. We have to flip that. The master's not the time clock. The master's the customer. That's who you're working for. You're not just working to, to do time and get a paycheck. You're working actually to delight the customer. And if you agree to that as an employee, then you have something that you need to do. And that's the work. Looping back in terms of how to keep senior people comfortable, if you reframe it as in terms of customer outcomes or implications for customers, then it they don't need as much status updates. <laughs> <laughs> I think that leadership do need to be updated. But what happens over time is that they're more clear Hmm. about how the organization is performing. So it's not just a status update just to have a status update. It's if the leadership needs to be apprised of something, then they trust that the person that's supposed to keep them apprised of whatever's happening is doing that and will come to them. We're all feeling anxious and stressed out because we're not, we don't know where we're going and we're packing the wrong things. Hmm. And it makes us feel stressed out because life is short and to spend your days wondering what you're supposed to be doing, trying to juggle everything else in your life, trying to do stuff to make it look like you're busy, that, that's just a waste of everybody's time and life. Yeah. We have to move out of the industrial age thinking hmm. and we've taken the industrial age thinking, and we've moved it into a knowledge economy, and we wonder why we're so stressed out, because we're not focused on the right thing. In terms of small steps people could take in terms of getting started with this, how does it typically work when people do get started? I'm going to give you one example of something people can start doing, but I'm going to say this first. Mm -hmm. Moving to a culture that's built on accountability and autonomy is not easy. Hmm. And 
That's why people come to Culture RX, come to us to say, how do we do this? Because we take them through the steps, we guide them there so that people can overcome some of these old beliefs that they have about work. Everybody does, managers, people, everybody that does work, they overcome this together. But there's one thing people can start doing right now. Mm -hmm. And that is when you're, when you need something from somebody, ask for exactly what you need and when you need it. And that can change a lot inside of an organization. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Luke, I need that report as soon as possible. Okay, so now do you know when I need it? When I can fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So now you don't know when you're going to do it, and I don't know when I'm going to get it. And the ASAP thing, people are swimming in a sea of ASAPs. Mm -hmm. Everybody's saying, when you have a minute, when you can, sometime next week. And so now I have to make a decision on whose thing I do first. And I a lot of times do it based on hierarchical thinking. Mm -hmm. That's a manager, so I better do that one first. Which means that other person that needed something from me isn't important. Yeah. And so if you, if I say to you, Luke, I need that report for a meeting I'm going into about our customer deadlines, and I need it by noon on Monday, you know what I need and when I need it. Mm -hmm. And if everybody does that, then we can plan our time better. We can't plan our time in a sea of ASAP, so we don't know how to, where to focus our energy. It just all feels like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. What do you need and when do you need it? And then I can plan my day and my week and I can deliver because I know exactly when you need it. Instead of the meeting coming and you saying, I needed that report. You told me ASAP. I didn't know I was going to get a few later today. It's too late now. So that's one thing that, that your listeners can start doing now is really being clear. If you send me an email and say, Jody, get me that ASAP, I'm going to say to you, when do you need it? When exactly do you need it? That forces us all to be respectful of each other's time and respect people by being clear about what you need and allowing them the opportunity to serve you in that way. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. one small thing. That Having that discipline of defining the time frame is, I think, useful because obviously there's priority, which is separate from time frame potentially. But mm -hmm. like you said, people just default to whatever they normally do, which could be hierarchy, could be something else. But uh, right. yeah, at least uh, you can have a discussion. It becomes a really interesting tool to to begin work negotiation. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get it to be my noon, you negotiate back with me. Yeah. You know, I could get it to you by three. Does that work? You know what? Three o'clock would work or no, I could, but two o'clock would work. So the conversations about the work, not are you leaving early on Friday? That's an irrelevant question. I don't know if I'm leaving early because I don't know what you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another thing which you mentioned in the book as something before actively getting involved with you was what Ronnie Wooden did where he, at Suntel, where they talked about all of the tasks that you don't need to do <laughs> once they were starting to get a little bit clearer about what the details of the results were. There's a whole bunch of things they just started getting rid of, which surprised them. And initially, the, the teams were a little confused why this person is, is telling them they don't need to do all of these things that they normally do. <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at things, Luke, in that teams, just like Ronnie's teams, mm. when they flip their mindset and realize 
that they don't have to fill time with activities anymore. Then they have incentive to work together to eliminate wasted activity because they don't have to fill up their day anymore with stuff. Mm. It's so freeing. It's so good. I don't have to do that wasted stuff anymore. I can spend that time on something else, either in my work pursuits or my life pursuits, that's going to make me feel motivated and engaged and like I'm moving forward and like I'm more relaxed. And people have told us that they feel like their work and their life, like that whole thing, they're not optimizing either. Mm. I'm not doing my best at work and I'm not doing my best at home. So I always feel stressed out. Yeah. And when you can own your time, all of it, and parcel it the way you need to, and be really clear about what you need to deliver and get recognized for that. The feeling of time expands. You feel like you have more time every day. When organizations and teams go through this and they start eliminating wasted effort, then how they deliver for the customer is oftentimes it's more efficient, more effective, and oftentimes quicker. So we have manufacturing lines that are doing pushing out product faster. Yeah because they're not masters to the time clock anymore and they own their work and they're recognized for the work that they do, period. This story hit home with me because I, I tried something similar in terms of just canceling a, a stand-up because it, it, it became this big bone of contention where some of the team were saying they don't want to do it. So I said, fine, let's cancel it for two weeks and see what happens. <laughs> and after two weeks, some of the people were like, we, we want it back. <laughs> like, and then the other, others were happy. So it, it just opened up a lot of other possibilities. But I think that was roughly when the team got that I was serious. Like I'm looking at what we're, what we're actually able to achieve. And if it takes getting rid of sacred cows, like, yeah, right. like getting rid of a stand up, then that's fine. Let's get the work and, done. Um, and I think it's important to ask people why you have that meeting. What was the real purpose of that meeting? Why are we doing it? And is there another way we can do it? Or is this the only way? Yeah. When people have stand up meetings or whatever those are called, and they all go around the circle and they talk about what they did or what they're doing. Yeah. Is there a better way that we can communicate that without this meeting? And if everybody agrees, nope, this is the best way to do it, the only way to do it, then do it. But I think you open up possibilities for people when you ask the question, why are we doing it? And what's the outcome of this meeting? How does this make us better? And are the right elements in the meeting to actually make us better? Or can we use that time in a better way? Ask the questions. Just continue to ask the questions. What What is the outcome? And is there a better way to do it? So looping back to Culture RX, so that's the service you provide. And then you've got an online component also. Is that part of it? Or is that a separate thing out of curiosity? So it's been interesting during this time of global pandemic. We still train organizations, but everything is on a virtual platform now. Mm. So we do workshops and support people that are moving into a results-only work environment. One of these support mechanisms is an online system. Okay, people can get more support as a results coach. They can learn deeper concepts about the results-only work environment. And there's a whole training portion. So if you bring on new hires, they have to get outside the matrix too. Yeah. So they can go through the training modules to, to 
get an understanding of how the culture operates that's different than anything else they've been in before. Hmm. So that's how, that's how Culture Rx, that's our mission to make Roe the status quo. And one cube at a time, we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the best way for people to engage with you? So we um, welcome people visiting our site at goroe.com, G-O-R-O-W-E.com. Go to our contact page and please reach out if you're interested in services around the results-only work environment. Just shoot us off a, an email to info at goroe.com info at goro.com Great. Thank you very much. I love Jody's insight around defining what you need and exactly when you need it. Simply because it just respects everyone's time and sets up a structure for people to interact. And if needed, you can go and negotiate details. However, at least it's not this wishy-washy mess If you liked the idea of a results-only work environment, you know where to go. Next time, we'll be talking more about meetings themselves to get to the bottom of how to design meetings correctly and use them as a tool to achieve what it is that you need to achieve. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Align Remotely podcast. If you enjoyed the show, Please leave a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.